and 11 from the Delta Devil 40-yard line. Drops back in the pocket, slings it across the middle. He's got a man caught by Toivonen. Shots a defender. Touchdown, North Dakota. Travis Toivonen. Well, we all just don't want to be big rock stars and live in hilltop houses driving 50. It is a Monday edition, the Jack Michaels Show, here in our palatial studios at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo. Well, our Gunderson's Jewelers studio. OMG, oh my Gunderson's. Make it easy to say I deal with a custom-designed wedding ring. Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. I was just chatting with Derek right before the montage ended. I said we threw a Toyvonen cut in there because uh, Travis is one of these great stories. You know, a, a Minnesota kid that and, uh, went to school in North Dakota and, uh, you know, went to an undrafted free agent signed by the uh, Seattle Seahawks, then was cut. Uh, and then uh, jumped on the Giants practice squad, then released, and then resigned, and then let go, and then resigned as a free agent signing, and then I believe now waived. I mean, Derek. That, well, again, tomorrow is the is the is the cut, the roster cut down three p.m. Central, and for guys like that, and for before Adam Thielen was Adam Thielen. You know, it's these kind of stories that that yeah. you kind of root for, Derek and and Toy uh, Travis Toyvonen was was one of those stories. So hopefully he catches on again on a on a squad somewhere because I think that's it, Derek. It, being just being still in that relevancy of a practice squad now where he was going, and I thought, man, they signed him on a free agent contract. This is good. Maybe part of that Giants receiving core. Eh, yeah, such is life. And, and, and yeah, that's being around is still important, though. You know. Well, that's just it. I mean, he they, he's made he's now in the circle. Hopefully, he can keep on you know getting noticed, and someone else will pick him up. And that's what it really comes down to. And you know, there might be a lot of guys who are going to be getting cut tomorrow that we know of with you know some of these right. FCS schools and some of these other area schools that we know. And hopefully, they get on a practice squad. And you never know with injury, they might get their shot down the road. It's it's going to be interesting. We will. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, everybody is trying to make that that uh, gig. So I, I will see that. Uh, let's see, August twenty uh, eighth. Yeah, Travis Tournament free agent signing. August, or excuse me, August twenty sixth. Twyvin and free agent signing. August 29th, waived. <laughs> and so there, everybody is juxtapositioning. Mm-hmm. To whittle it down and then make their practice squads, and it's uh, these are jobs. You know, it's so easy on Sundays to sit back and tune in and listen to your favorite stars or watch your games on the NFL. And what you realize is in the belly of all of this are a ton of players. You nailed it, Derek. Guys that you recognize their names because maybe you followed them in the FCS that are trying to catch on that are just trying to catch on, right. and it's their livelihood. Those are the those are the guys I root for. But good to have you on a Monday. How's your weekend, D? Not bad. It was good. It got a lot done. We finished out potato days, another potato days in the books, That's and right. so we did that. And yeah, so it was a, it was a really good weekend. It uh, goes by way too fast. So, I mean, we only have what two and a half days left of August for crying it's out loud. Absolutely insane. Do we know the numbers? I know that when I if you Googled Barnesville and potato days, I think Wiki will have it like ten to fourteen thousand people that kind of make their way. Is that fair? I, I, mean, I don't it, know if it was that big this year. I mean, I think it's kind of having a little uh, post-COVID rebound, you know, type of thing. And and you know, I think one thing that really has taken place that I I guess the street dance was really busy. It, that got so late, had a full day, so I didn't quite make that. Went back out to the lake. Had a little rain this weekend too. I'm sure that we that ducked that. Fun. We were pretty lucky on Barnville that. Yeah, we, we yeah actually, uh, my folks and sister set out the lake. We got a little bit more rain, but uh, we didn't there, so we missed on that a little bit. Maybe a few sprinkles, but. 
The strongman competition, Justin Camprud won for the 10th time. Now, for now, those... put a bounty on his head, and no one could knock him off. <laughs> we got a lot to get to today, but this is, this is important. I mean, this, is key. <laughs> this is really this, I mean, key. this is Joey Chestnut type yeah, of Right, this is so. key because if I'm not mistaken, you were kind of a you you did that. Right? No, no, I, I thought never you tried did it. that no, back in the day. No, I lifted it once just to kind of do, do like oh, an example. Maybe it was the, oh, that's it was, what it was. It, it was, was the last time I ever did that because it was it was hard and and just my back didn't recover for a couple days after that because I just I didn't do it right. I didn't use my legs and all that. And Justin, who was. Um, Won it every year for the last 10, well, you say 11 years, but 10 yeah. years because of COVID, obviously. Would you explain the competition too, Derek? How so there's a 100-pound, right before the strongman competition at Potato Days, they have a sewing and stacking competition. So they have the, the, the time thing where they sew the potato bag, how long does it take and all okay. that. So then they, they uh, you have them lifted over the head and... A hundred pound bag of potatoes. So it's not like it's just a, a solid object, you know. It's, it's kind of like a, you're like a, a dead body hu- type. Of, yeah, yeah, small yeah. human. And so, and then you lift it up, and the and the forklift keeps going up until you can get as high as you can. And I think uh, Justin wanted this year. I think he has the record like nine feet something. <laughs> so you're hoisting. So he's hoisting up, but I think he's a former shot putter or something. That helps. And he literally shot. I mean, he's a he's just a solid dude, right? And one of his friends says, go get him ogre. So that's kind of show, shows you what it's like. But okay. nice guy. He cooks. I think he still cooks at Peppers. Oh, and uh, just a, a gentle giant. But he uh, he can fill those things up there. He had some competition this year, too. But, yeah, once I think he got it up Love to 8-6 and won it. That is, uh, for those of our listeners in, in the western North Dakota and parts of South Dakota, it, it really is. It's a it's What's the line on Anchorman? I don't know how to say it, but it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a big deal in in Barnesville. And there are Pioneer Days this weekend, uh, Potato Days in Barnesville, as we talked about. World of Outlaws this past weekend. Red Hawks, of course, were in action this weekend. Rain did catch the Red Hawks Friday and then turned into a pretty lengthy Saturday of baseball. There's a seven-inning game. You're thinking, oh, good, seven. This will be nice and quick. And mm, Nope, about three and a half for game number one and about mm, – Roughly not this is as much a game number two. In fact, uh, Derek, I signed off on on uh, Saturday night. The double header after the post game was end. I turned and it was eleven fifty two p.m. after being at the park since whatever I got there two three. And I'm thinking all I got to do is sit and eat donuts and broadcast a game. You know, there's those players going out there playing two nights, and then turning around and playing on Sunday right out of the gate. That's a lot to. That's a lot for those guys. So it's good for the Red Hawks. They've got an off day today, and then they finish their their seven uh, games of the regular season beginning tomorrow. So that's coming in the uh, college football season, and we'll talk with Tom Miller here at about twelve twenty. Beat writer uh, for uh, UND Fighting Hawks and other things from the Grand Forks Herald. And uh, I, you know, I didn't forget, but I, you ever get those things where you didn't forget but you, you forgot. And as I was taking in, and I've watched the Northwestern-Nebraska game now a couple of times just for prep purposes, but uh, I forgot that Adam Stage, but I didn't forget, but I did, is a kicker for Northwestern, former UND, former St. Cloud State. Then St. Cloud, of course, you know what they did to their football program. So he transfers to UND, good leg, decent leg, transfers to Northwestern. Oh, wow. And you know, he so he's a, going through the Justin Guard route of colleges, huh? <laughs> he is going to JG. He is the going JG. As many colleges as you can of kickers. That's right. The uh, any any play a factor in in that game against uh, Nebraska. So he, he got it. But that you know, and we'll talk with Tom about it. And we talked going in 
with uh, now week one coming up, North Dakota State hosting Drake. You know, the Dragons kick off their season this week against Sioux Falls on Thursday. The Cobbers are at Valley City State. The Gophers are in action, speaking of JG. Yes. Thursday night. So this is the kind of week we're stepping into. But we had talked about Nebraska and Scotty Frost. And and we'll talk with Tom about this, Derek. And we're all armchair quarterbacks. As and for those that didn't see the game, yeah, Nebraska, you got a. I did not. I just yeah. saw the score. I did not see any of this. So. Nebraska had went ahead in the third quarter, and Nebraska came out. The Temple was good. You know, they got the OC. You know, the Whipple from Pittsburgh, the guy that that Kenny Pickett. You know, turned. You know, guy with forty years of football, been in the NFL, quarterbacks coach, been in the Browns. You know, he's he's been around some. He's developed some quarterbacks, and and now he's in Nebraska. He's, he's Scott Frost offensive guy that's calling the plays. And you can see the imprint that he already has, uh, Coach Whipple does, on, on Nebraska's offense. Plus, you're dealing with a Nebraska team with 20 to 25 transfers, you know, along with Casey Thompson, their quarterback that came over from Texas. He brought his roommate with him, Washington running back, and they got, you know, they got uh, Palmer's a decent receiver. So right out of the gate, you're seeing the tempo. Just boom, balls out, boom, boom. They got a 6-7 tight end, boom, seam running and and things were looking pretty good and then it kind of bounced out a little bit now northwestern you get a field goal and get a little touchdown now it's kind of a little bit of a game and then and and we'll talk to to tommy about this too but nebraska goes up uh 28 to 17 in the uh third quarter nine and change to play and it's at this point d and you've been around football you know it as well as anybody i know um, to this point that I, I'm pretty sure Scott Frost had in his mind, everybody has an onside kick. When to do it? When's the time to do it? You only really get a chance to do it once. You know, you, right. is this the time? Is it not? You factor in momentum. You know, who's in there? Who's maybe receiving? For, who's in that front line for Northwestern? All these things factored in. Factored in, and 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 uh, you're up 11. Onside kick in the third quarter, early after that score. And I know what he was thinking. We get it. We're going to win this. We'll put our foot on their head. We'll go down and score again. Now we'll go up even more. We'll go up three. But they didn't get it. And Northwestern fell on it. And the Cats came back and scored. And the Cats came back and scored Uh. again. And then a pick. And all I can think of, Derek, is that the city of Lincoln, Nebraska, I spend several days in during the course of a summer, and they had people lined up at the, I think it's called the rail yard. It's a big bar where you, you a big courtyard area upstairs and down. And it was packed. You could, it looked like, like Wee Fest and Walmart combined on a Saturday. Just people wall to wall. I almost all choked them. I drinking. All I could think of, D. Wee Fest and Walmart. Walmart. Two things Just, you don't put together normally. No, not normally. When Unless I, you're going to get suntan lotion and ice. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking of two packed houses that you see. And all I'm thinking is, oh, my. I bet you after that failed onside kick and the subsequent Northwestern touchdown and the subsequent Northwestern, that place is about to implode. Yeah. And that's and they lose. And to Scott Frost's credit, he took, uh, you know, he bit it. He said, you know. See, you're I, too nice because I, I think it it's over an again. idiotic move. Oh, it's terrible. When I saw I, it, when I, mean, I saw it at first, Derek, believe me, I'm with you. I went, oh, my. You got an onside kick here? Oh, now you didn't get it? No, that was my initial reaction too. I I tried Here's to figure thing. I tried to figure out why he did it, and it's easy to know why he did it. Because he trying to put but no. the timing was horrendous. Here's why he did it. Sometimes coaches watch too much film. 
<laughs> and what they have then is they watch film and they're going, oh, all 22. Look at this. Look at that formation on their kick return. Oh. Hey, I think we can. We got a shot I, here. We got a shot here. We can do this. You know, it's like the fake punt or, you know, you hear oh. that all the time. We saw something in film that showed we really think we can make this work. And then you've and, got what five yes men beside you? Yeah, going, yeah, 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 Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that. so that, and so there's something to that, or the the special teams coach pushed it or whatever. Yeah, well, this will work. This will work. Yeah, yeah, let's go. And then when it doesn't work, you're like, what are you doing? And I'm sure I didn't hear the post game press conference. I'm sure that's what he's saying. Oh yeah, well we saw something. It just didn't work out. You got to also do it. You know, I hey. think the problem is we too many of us watched the. Uh, 2009-2010 Super Bowl where it worked for Sean Payton. I mean, they talk about that onside kick still to this day down in New Orleans because it helped them beat the Indianapolis Colts for the Super Bowl championship. But in what? that situation where you have momentum, There's it's also no telling way. your defense, hey, you know what? Uh, <laughs> There's no way. Scott Frost said, honestly, on his presser, and, he, and again, he said, if I had to do it after everything, and he went into the whole thing, you, you win or you lose your job. He even went into that. Right. I'm sure someone asked him, are you fearful of your, right. you know. Yeah, I'm but, a coach of the Huskers. Yes, yeah, I'm fearful yeah. of my job. Yeah. The minute you're hired, you're, you're only hired to be fired, aren't you, in some in some colleges? the uh, He had said that uh, he, he didn't believe if if they got it, and they thought, although everything you just said, the timing was there. They, they thought the timing that was the right time to do that. And they said, if we got it, we just didn't think uh, you know, Northwestern would be able to come back on us. As good as they were playing okay, but he felt we were playing better and da-da-da. So he went through that, but then finished with, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't do it. And then said it's on he me. Said so he said that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. You yeah. don't hear that very often. You know, I, coaches I'll have to go back over that. So, I have three well, cuts in the Adobe there that I think one of them said if I had to do go over back, obviously I wouldn't have done it. Um, the, here's the thing, though. The weird part about that is they're playing well up to that point. Trust in your defense that you'll be able to at least, hey, we want a three and out. Well, it's risk-reward, isn't it, Derek? Yeah, for Everything sure. is risk-reward. There are some calls that are, and it inevitably all falls on the head coach. You're not... You know, you don't lose, and then someone says, "Up, oh, we're firing the assistant to the special teams guy." Everything fire uh, had the head coach, and it's risk reward, and that's what I went back to. to going, boy, was that risk at that time worth the reward? Well, in his mind, the reward was we're going to win the game. Yeah, but well, the risk is that you might not. Here's the thing: so you which know, way are you going to go? Was it last year, or two years ago, where the Vikings, if they complete a fourth down in short? They're going to beat the Seattle Seahawks most likely, right? Yep. If they kicked the field goal in fourth and short, they would have been up by, I think, where Russell Wilson would have to get the touchdown, right? Yep. And you have to get the touchdown and the two-point conversion. So they, they went up by eight. eight. They were up by five, the Vikings were, and they would go up by eight if they make the field goal. It was like a 35-yard field goal. And remember, you and I and Joel are arguing. I said, I didn't mind them going for it all. Alexander Madison just missed the hole and didn't get the first down. He he just missed the gap. I mean, and it was yeah. like overhead right shots play of that call, all time. Right play right. call, everything lined up, yep. And I said, I don't second-guess the call because, A, we're talking about Vikings and field goals here, right? right. Well, again, you're, you're, you're assessing right now yeah. on that particular instance the risk and reward and then what is the best path. And if they get the fourth and one – with that, you know, going to that right side with Ryan O'Neill on that side and Let's Alexander go. Madison, time you coming win off the, game. the clock, yeah, everything. And I think if they miss the field goal, they lose to you know to Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson has just owned the Vikings, right? 
And so I didn't second guess that. So I don't always second guess when it no. doesn't go right for the team. But this one, and I've got the, the right here with nine nine oh nine to go, third quarter, and you're up uh twenty eight seventeen. Yeah. That's when they chose. And the next thing, seven fifty three third quarter, Northwestern touchdown. Uh three yard rush, uh and then uh eleven thirty four to go in the fourth. Rushing touchdown. Now you're down 31-28 in the pick end of the well, game. Well, it's, it's the equivalent of a turnover, right? So you're you're giving it them is. some great – And so it's like how many times have we talked about how a turnover can change everything, it's, the momentum in the game? You've seen it hundreds of times calling games for UND, haven't and, you? And you're doing – yes, and you're doing something that could directly yeah. equate right. to a turnover yep. if it doesn't succeed. Mm-hmm. How many onside kicks succeed? Less than 50% for sure. It's not even close, right? There's the element of shock, you know, like oh yeah, they're they're on, you know, it's it's like a it's like a drag bunt or a safety squeeze or a suicide squeeze in baseball. But I'll even say this: suicide squeeze. Even part of the defense is probably like, watch the squeeze, watch the you know, watch him play. You know, even that it's it's almost the equivalent of a uh, you know, of a player just laying a bunt down when you're not expecting it. You know, corners are back. Now that succeeds more times than an onside kick. Because an onside kick, you had a lot of guys up front that could handle it. Plus, you got to kick it well. I mean, you, you, it's not, yeah, so, yeah, it's it's all of that. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Tom Henner coming. I'm glad we got that going in. I'm not going to ask the question, what other plays shouldn't have happened in the history of football? Because there are a lot of bad ones every single week. Uh, but it's a busy week uh, on the on the show today. Uh, on the uh, Jack Michael Show, the text club open at 35270. Busy one. We're back with Tommy Gunn right after this on 740 The Fan. At Doosan Bobcat, their success is powered by their people. And you suppose I 80 and you know how it is on, on game day in Nebraska, and, and I'm sure half the people there are, who knows what that, that beehive's going to be like on Saturday, D. It's just 90,000 people, that ended, and about half of them are probably split. Half of them probably want Nebraska maybe to go down, so there can be a change. I'm not an anti-frost guy here, but you know, the other half are, are pushing in. This team has lost so many games by single uh, digit, and I think, I think it might be a Big Ten record, if not a collegiate record. Of, of losing games in single digits. Tom Miller joining us today. Uh, Tom will be in, in Lincoln also uh, this week. College football, uh, here we go. We go from week zero to week one. And uh, Tom, Derek, and I were just discussing uh, plays. And, and I know maybe from some fan standpoint, I think either way, either either way, if Nebraska wins, uh, great. They're not as uh, seedy and, and maybe. But it's, it's the home opener at Memorial Stadium, Tom, Saturday. The problem is you're coming off a loss in Dublin, Ireland, and and one that probably a lot of Nebraska fans thought that onside kick was a horrendous decision, and it led to that. Hi, Tom. How you doing today, buddy? Hey, I'm good, guys. Yeah, that was uh, that was a wild one to watch uh, last Saturday. It is. Uh, did you were you in the ilk, Tom? And it's tough to say, saying, "Boy, we really need them to to maybe win that game." But I didn't see maybe much of a let up. I mean, if you've ever spent time near Lincoln, Nebraska on game day, certainly the home opener, <laughs> it's going to be rabid either way, Tom, right? Yeah, what have they had? Like, sold the place out every game since 1962 or something like that. They're going to have a sellout for the 380th time in a row or whatever it is. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it, the, the home opener is always going to be uh, is going to be pretty electric. Uh, even if even if fans are there just to see how hot Scott Frost's seat really is in Nebraska, you know, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of intrigue nationally in that game. Scott Frost in the post game press conference, you know, obviously, you know, Frost is a baller. You know, he he played the game, he gets it. There's there's accountability on this. He's he's not he not he's not worried. That, that you know, if he if his job goes, Tom, it almost seems like Scott goes out. Yeah, that's the nature of the beast. I'm. It's not like he's sitting here trying to make a ton of excuses. He, I think he even said, "Look, if hindsight over again, I wouldn't have hit the onside kick for goodness sakes." But how hot is that seat? Did you expect Tom that maybe Scott Frost got back to Lincoln and 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 they made a move? Would would you have pulled the bandaid off before the conference season even got it? Well, I guess it was a conference game. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's uh, just a little too fast, you know. But uh, you know, if uh, if North Dakota were able to pull off a miracle, I don't think he'll make week three. I think that's fair to say, Derek. Have you have, you know? There's two schools of thought there from an AD. Do you let it go uh, and and linger on, or do you give this a new batch of transfers with a new offensive coordinator coming in after the work he did at Pitt with a guy that that has an attitude and a plan and a fire? Do you let this play out? I guess what I'm asking, maybe D, how long would the leash be in a coach in that situation? I think you got to let him go if he loses the UND, and you got to just have an interim coach, and then all I all eyes will be on the big, big hot new name, you know, the, yep. the, the the new PJ Fleck from a couple years ago, right? The uh, <laughs> Tommy Week One, and, and then I I said I kind of buried the lead. You tweeted out, and I thought, oh yeah, that's right. Adam Stage is is kicking for for Northwestern, Tom, which was kind of neat. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. You know, the way last year went, how we kind of had a he had an injury, and then you kind of were waiting to see when he would come back, and he never did. And then with the way that COVID has impacted eligibility, I wasn't even fully sure that he had an additional season because of his strange background. I mean, he went to St. Cloud State, they cut the program, he transferred here. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure that he had additional eligibility. Um, so when when Adam Stage tweeted that he was headed to Northwestern, I kind of caught me by surprise because I you know I, I kind of realized that North Dakota had moved on from him but I didn't realize that they had moved on because he was looking at other opportunities so um, yeah he was a he was a pretty solid kicker for North Dakota I wouldn't say that um, you know he was uh, in, in that mold that maybe might have been know, a Terry the, uh, or somebody else thousands created at North Dakota um, but uh, but definitely a solid kicker that that went healthy you know would have been pretty valuable last year for UMD. Any, as Mike Berg always says, any kicker that wears number 90. First of all, he's not thrilled about that. Anybody that's wearing number 90, Mike's like, get a, get a different uniform. 90. 90 as a kicker. But, but those guys are always built like they should wear number 90. And for Adam, you know, the you know, St. Cloud's program, uh, you know, uh, went down and, and then boom, he finds new life. And and to your point about, about eligibility, Tom, I honestly, we've been around so long now that I don't know what it is anymore. Can you play 10 years, seven? I don't know, five? Do you get two more? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you talk to some guys and it's like, oh, I'm a junior, but I could have three years left. You know, some of those guys were like, oh, he's a junior already, huh? But then it's like, oh, well, you know, the, there's a, there's fifth-year seniors, there's graduates. You know, I, it's, uh, it's hard to keep track, and it's going to be the same way for the next, what, three, four Maybe five years. Yeah. Uh, do you feel it amping up, Tom? Is there a sense of urge, uh, you know, excitement now, even from a reporter and, and you know guys like you or me or D? You know, we have no really <laughs> saying outcomes. You just have to write about it and comment about it or do play by play for it. But uh, is it starting to sink in that that here we go, uh, game one coming up? 
Yeah, a little bit. And maybe not fully uh, the extent of, of what we'll experience Saturday, because I think it'll be pretty unique to all of us uh, who have just maybe been around North Dakota specifically for a while. Just 90,000 people is going to hit different than even Utah and Washington did. Um, but yeah, this week, my, you know, my phone started to blow up today. Uh, you know, I just think there's a, there's a big media following in Nebraska and if you want to talk North Dakota, you know, you're, you're probably talking to you or I, so yeah. it's been busy. Well, it is, it's, 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 it's good to have a, a game under your belt. I don't know what the expectations are. And, you know, there's, you know, there's some other big games, obviously, uh, that, that, uh, FCS teams are playing, uh, and, and specifically Missouri Valley football conference teams are playing so you're going to get a little bit of a barometer but again not uh i mean north dakota state is opening up against drake i get it that's uh that's probably going to be an unfortunate day for drake at the fargo dome coming up uh this week but there's a there's you're a, so kind I, mean, I, was, I was trying to put that i was trying to put that as, as pleasant as i could as i say an unfortunate day for drake but you know that that's that but on top of that uh you know south dakota state is at iowa and, you know, I guess, Tom, we'll, we'll see. South Dakota State in the preseason FCS polls, ranked number two, certainly garnering, as they should, uh, a lot of high rankings. Uh, Northern Iowa's at Air Force. UNI comes to, to, uh, to Grand Forks after that. So there's some games out there. Illinois State is at Wisconsin. So, Tom, mm-hmm. South Dakota's at Kansas State. You know, Tom, there's some good games there. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how this year plays out just, you know, I always think of how, how thin the margins are. If, if North Dakota State and South Dakota State are are rightfully so the um, super highly thought of, you know, kings of the FCS. Um, and you look back at a year ago where UND doesn't have the season that it, uh, its fans may have wanted or the program may have wanted. But, uh, you know, you also look and North Dakota loses by a touchdown to North Dakota State and uh, they lose uh, by less than a touchdown at South Dakota State to end the year without Matt Willetsko. So, um you know, it's funny how thin the margins are. People say, you know, will this team be better? You know, can they make the playoffs? Can they do this or that? Well, gosh, it doesn't. You don't have to be a whole lot better. You just got to be a little bit better. Yeah, it's pretty well put. Tom Miller joining us. We'll let Tom get going. I know he's probably got to get some some sound and comments from press conferences today on a Monday edition. Uh, we are also chatting the life and times of someone who who's undrafted. And then winds up, uh, you know, signing and then is released, doesn't make a 53, and then ends up on another team's practice squad and then is released and then back on a practice squad and then let go and then free agent signed and then waived. And the, such is the life of, uh, we talked about Travis Toivon. And so hopefully he can continue to still be relevant in some means, right, uh, Tom? Yeah, it's a, he's a fantastic story. You know, I mean, he was, uh, he was a really solid UND player, you know, um, maybe even an all-league level type player, but a little overshadowed by Noah Wanzik. And um, it's a little interesting that, you know, he, he happened to be the guy that uh, that got an opportunity, that took advantage of his opportunities, that has, uh, you know, stayed, uh, stayed NFL relevant. Um, because, you know, I, I certainly went to peg that, uh, you know, coming out of college exactly. And Matt Waletsko had a nice, uh, really some high praise. I was reading some reports out of out of a Dallas Fort Worth uh, about Matty uh, getting that playing time, and that's what that preseason's all about. You got these uh, these uh, these draft picks that are getting an opportunity, and uh, for a tackle <laughs> to to walk into that next level and and be effective, uh, good for Matt. Is that what you heard too, Tom? Some good stuff. 
Yeah, the nice thing about Twitter and a weird name like Walesco is you, I can just always have the name Walesco pulled up and just kind of read anytime anybody's tweeting anything about <laughs> about Matt Walesco and the Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, the other night when he got in, you know, the, my, my Twitter feed started started filling up, and it sounds like uh, people were pretty happy with how he played, and it sounds like, uh, you know, the Cowboys have uh, certainly have some issues at tackle that uh, if Matt's able to uh, – Stay healthy. Obviously, that shoulder has been an issue for for a while now. That they've kind of danced the line between surgery or no surgery. But if he can, uh, if he can kind of tough it out and and perform uh, without having to have surgery on that shoulder, um, he might get a he might get a crack at playing time right away. Which wasn't the was which wasn't the idea coming out of college. Everybody said, you know, maybe he's the fourth to sixth round draft pick who needs that year of uh, pro level training strength to uh, to get up to speed, but. Uh, he might get thrown on the fire here real fast. You know, I'm, I was thinking about that when you guys were talking about all these names that were thrown around with NFL opportunities. And, you know, I don't think there's any question. If I'm a UND football player, I know I'm playing the Huskers. I'm going to be, you know, if you're flipping through the cable outlets and knowing that this game's going to be on somewhere, you got a big game against the Huskers. Wow. Some NFL guy might be sitting at home getting ready for their, you know, because there's no NFL games this weekend, right? The old who's this guy hmm, kind of Wow, lot. what's going on here? I mean, I... I that's certainly something I would be thinking about if I was a young uh, player up at UND, knowing that you're going to be featured on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, the the, the FCS against FBS is so huge for those FCS guys because you don't have a you don't have a whole lot of film to put together uh, against competition that uh, a scout would be very aware of what, what you're going against. So you always uh, you always hear about. Uh, you know, maybe the FCS versus FBS is, is extra important for those FCS guys who don't get much of a crack against it. The uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference, is, uh, as tough as this uh, this is going to be for teams not named North Dakota State or South Dakota State, you know, it's kind of funny. The the uh, Red Hawks have uh, their center fielder, Evan Alexander. Uh, Tom, and you've been out to a Newman Outdoor Field, and I can't believe, you know, Tom, here's, here's Tom, Derek. I'm like, Tom, let me know. I can, I can maybe – find a way to put you on a pass list. Tom bringing his family out, paying for tickets, text me, hey, I'm at the game. I'm like, Tom, what are you doing? But the center fielder for the Red Hawks is Evan Alexander out of Frisco, Texas. He's a New York Yankees product, uh, released AAA. And I was in the clubhouse the other day, and I said, you know who his best buddy is? Jason Shelley, quarterback from Missouri State. <laughs> I, no kidding, right, Tom? I'm like, I voted for him. as like one of the top quarterbacks in the Missouri Valley. He goes, oh, that's my guy. So I thought, what a small world this is, Tom, right? The center fielder for the Red Hawks, best buddies with Jason Shelley. He's one of the premier. By the way, that kid's got some tools, doesn't he, Tom, the, the Shelley kid? Uh, Missouri State's best offensive play was I – mean, their offensive line was average to below average. Uh, but, I mean, you have to have such a control pass rush because their best offensive play was, you know, somebody getting in the backfield and Shelley just improvising. Yeah. You know, you, you just he's very elusive, very heady, and, and can make throws on the run. Yeah, he uh, he's a handful. A handful. I'm sure UND is going to love to have him in the Alaris Center rather than uh, comforts of uh, Springfield. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah, that's a guy, Derek. By the way, there it says uh, Tom's right. Go on. Now protect him as much as you can. But you know what? He's so good. He'll. It doesn't matter if they're coming in or not. He'll find a way right. to make a play. Yeah, much yeah. more like you know when you look at a guy like. Uh, Randall Cunningham early in his career, right? I mean, right. some of the best it's, offense. Vic, I think, had a little bit of right. that. He'd just jump over yeah. somebody. and then Tarkington would scramble, but he would always pass the ball eventually. He, he never. He would always scramble horizontally. <laughs> right. He would never go vertical. Tarkington would throw 60-yard uh, yeah. passes probably as he, he ran back 50 for a 10-yard completion. 
Uh, good stuff. Tommy Good, what's your schedule? You heading down? Uh, well, I suppose you'll be flying out to with the team. I, I'll have to meet you Friday at like Raisin Canes in Lincoln. Does that sound like a plan? Maybe, maybe not. That sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'll fly out Friday here, and uh, I'm going to go catch a, a Bubba Schweiger press conference here right now. And uh, get all the answers, uh, and then and then then call us. All right, good stuff, Tom. Thanks for the time, man. We'll, we'll see you soon. Sounds good. We'll see you guys. You bet. The great Tom Miller. It's it's uh, from the Herald, Grand Forks Herald. You can uh, tweet him at. Uh, well, I'm sure it's like at Tom Miller. You can just Google. That. Yeah, you'll find it you'll find quickly. It. Yeah, anything Google search, kind of like Schlossman when you do hockey, right? Yeah, you just, just search. Just Schloss. search uh, Schloss and Grand Forks Herald. You'll find everything that they need. I, uh, hey, I am going to be curious what Bubba has to say about this because you know. You do it. I do think there's a little advantage of a game in hand, but then after they lose, you're going to be kind of guessing what what's next, right? What are you going to do next? And to me, I know everything that he's going to say is cliche, but it's so real. We got to be efficient on our drives. We can't turn the ball over. I mean, right. this, we got to make some third down stops. I mean, it's just simple when it goes with one of these FCS versus FBF matchups. You just have to be efficient and. You know, you look at the school here in North Fargo, they've been efficient. I mean, yeah. you think about the third down conversions they had against K-State, K- one of the most historic drives in program history. Third down and 10, third down and three, and, and Brock Jensen completed. That's what UND has to do this weekend. Ball control, yeah. ball control, ball control at times, and you're right. And I think, first of all, in anything is the eye test. You know, it's it's that eye test. You know, there have been times, even Division Two days, where – where whether it be North Dakota State or North Dakota, where they just look different than some of those other teams they're playing, like they were bigger farm boy type guys going, wow, these are D two guys. Augustana had some big boys, by the way, yeah. back in the day. But it's the eye test, and uh, you know, Nebraska's got a couple of six year guys in that front line. You know, these are three hundred pounders that are on there. Got a tight end that's six seven that bailed out uh, a couple of things, and it's the eye test. They're bigger, so all of a sudden, if if you don't look like they do. Then what? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> then you've got to be efficient, as you talked about, right? You got to right. move the ball. You can't turn the ball over, and all of a sudden, the fact that you don't look like they do, but you're as up tempo as they can be. You throw a good block here, and all of a sudden, you move a chain. Now it's a fresh set of downs. You don't get, you know, you don't fall start on, you know, second and fives or whatever. You know, those are the little things where all of a sudden, the fact that you may not look like they do. Now the game now now it's even again, you know. So you know who knows. If you're Scott Frost too, if if you lose this game and you get fi- fired and there's an interim coach, you're thinking, okay, well I got the money regardless. Yeah, yeah. But man, I, I, I wish th- I would have stayed at UCF and went to the Big Twelve. I think you you know I, I mean that's got to be going through his mind oh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think this it's an intriguing thought because you are not going to find a team that is more anxious to play right now. How many times does a team lose in a game they thought they should have won? Fly back over the – thought about it. How long was that flight, do you think, from Ireland? Back yeah. to the States, you know, for Nebraska. Not as long for Northwestern. Long for Nebraska. And now you're back in Lincoln. And this week, my guess is that chip, that anger, that frustration, that is going to build and it's going to explode at 2.30 in front of 90,000 of your fans. Oof. How do you like walking into that? That's the question for Bubba Schwager, and I'm sure I'll ask him tonight on our brother station, KFGO. How do you turn that against him? You know, when Craig Bull retires, mm-hmm. 
I hope we can get him in for a long Q and A because I think you know so much of his story is really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Getting fired kind of as, as the scapegoat right. as the defensive coordinator going back to what two thousand or whatever, yep. um, two thousand one, and then Frank Solich gets fired the next year, and it's really been the curse of the Frank Solich firing. I think it was that that program Maybe. has you know they go to the Big Ten thinking things are changed because they're not happy with how the Longhorns did their own network and you know the Big Twelve is not sharing revenue like the other conferences, and rightfully so. I mean they weren't the only ones. Missouri, Colorado, Utah, uh, you know Texas A and M, Missouri. They all said, "Okay, A and uh, you know Texas, have fun with that if you aren't going to play ball with the rest of us." But with that fallout has been a lack of success. It's a little different animal than when Tom Osborne was coaching it was the Big Two, Little Six, and the Big Eight. That's a good and, reference. And and I do good think reference. that there's a you know they they. They fired him at nine and two. So it's Jack. almost like the, he was you've done nine it. and two. You've done, think about that. Craig told me once. I, I think I can share this on that because I was feeling like you with Craig and I were doing a sports show and I went to commercial. I said, "Man, that just stinks." Because you use the right word. I almost felt scapegoatish, you know, right? And he's gone, and he goes, eh, "Don't feel too sorry." My severance package. I went to like Florida or Hawaii. Well, right. That. He goes, "But but you're right. You're exactly right." The funniest thing I had I, when I was like, "Go, you know." Back when uh, a different company owned this place in 2006, right. I was let go, and I went to a Bison basketball game the next day. It was really kind of flattering because a lot of people, it was me and a few other people, right. These you know, every six months this company would fire people, right, <laughs> and laying off people. He had to meet their stock price. Right. And uh, right. he can't, came and sat by me. He goes, well, man, people are really ticked about this. I heard, you know, on you know, Joel's show. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, yeah, I'm like you when you got fired. They were kind of happy. And he goes, I know. And he laughed. <laughs> I said, you were, I'm kidding you. I said, you're a scapegoat. I know. I, and he kind of said the same thing, but the life of a coach. You That's know, it. You, he, you get then hired he goes to, get to NDSU. Fired. Our jobs are similar. He goes to NDSU, makes name for himself, goes to Boom, pops, Wyoming, Wyoming, gets seven digits a year. I Let's mean, it's, I, congratulations to him. I mean, that, that is a cool story. I just, I love to kind of know the ins and outs of that because that is. That's got to be a rough life. And it's Nebraska. You know, it's Nebraska. Tom had mentioned, too, how many – do you say sellouts dating back to 1960? Oh, yeah. Longer than you and I have been alive. It's crazy. It is a state – and and I get it. I, you know, I'm a I'm a father. I'm a girl dad of volleyball players uh, in the day. I get it. Nebraska's like, if you didn't know, has some tremendous – by the way, volleyball – I mean, it's just a well. If you bet. follow the Gophers' rivalry between them, you know they've they've both yeah. been really neck and neck in the, Unbelievable. the Big Ten. You're never going to get a ticket for a, like a Cornhuskers volleyball game yeah. unless you're somehow in. But it is what they live for. <laughs> I-80 is bumper to bumper. Watch Saturday. I, I'll maybe take some photos if I get some. Job. It is bumper to bumper insanity, and it's that way every single year. And right. again. They dropped that game to Northwestern. He onside kick. It backfired. Northwestern came back and scored. And now you lost that game. And you you tack that on to the eight you lost by single digits. Now it's what nine in a row or whatever it is that single digits. And there's such a fuel again, D. I don't know what UD is going into, but I'll tell you, it is not going to be pleasant coming up on Saturday, and I love that. And I bet you Bubba loves that, too, going, why would you not want to be part of that experience? Well, you think about it, too, and 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 I'm saying this is a guy who's, you know, kind of pulled for the little engine that could with the Gopher football program yes. for years. When when I'm going into a game, as often as I do, thinking, you know, the Gophers should have this one against Nebraska. right? I mean, that's hop- happened way too often the past five years. And I'm saying that as a team, you know, they lost, what, 83 to 10 or whatever it was, you know, many years (laughs) ago. that shouldn't be the thought that, you know. Yeah, I mean, and just because of where the programs have been throughout my lifetime, but they are just, 
They are the bottom of the middle in the Big Ten West, and that just cannot be acceptable there because, it, like you said, all their resources in the whole state are on that. Derek, they've got a giant crane. I know we're up against the clock. They've got a giant crane right now if you went to Lincoln, side of Memorial Stadium. It's this huge crane that rises above the city uh, skyscrapes. And I was asking some of the boys, they're going, what's that? He goes, that's the new $150 million da-da-da-da-da. I went, right. huh. <laughs> a lot of pressure. You want to play the what-if game? What if the Jacks go down uh, to Iowa City in Kinnick Stadium and do what North Dakota State did to Iowa? Well, I'll say this. I have a, What's that talk I have a friend who is uh, very, someone very close to me whose whole family is uh, – that will not go well. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so I'll just put it that way. And, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because we were talking about it, about coaching changes and all that. You think about it in my lifetime. There's been Hayden Fry and Kirk Friends. Mm-hmm. And mm. you know, and then there's been games yep. like on our monitor right now is the uh, Big Ten championship game just happened to be on a replay from last year with uh, Michigan and Iowa, and there have been just like a, a game that they shouldn't lose. Right? There's one of those goofy games yep. that uh, the Hawkeyes shouldn't lose, and I think that happens a lot in college football and in conference rivalries a lot. But you know, Purdue was that game, and you have uh, you know the Gophers probably shouldn't have lost to like Bowling Green last year. I mean, that's the difference between the the goods and the greats, right? The yep. guy, the, the the Michigan from last year, the usual Ohio States, the Alabamas, yep. the Clemsons, the LSU's, those teams that just don't have those type of games, and that's the difference, right? And there. what we've learned is that the greats in this league can beat the goods in this league. Mm-hmm. If the greats start beating the greats, then we're then we're and and some would say maybe that's happened, and obviously has a time or two going back to App State. Well, it's interesting because, and you know this to be true. You know, we talk about the disparities, the, you know, the and NDSU figured it out with, like, Bull and, and, and Gene mm-hmm. Taylor. I actually talked to him about this because I kind of was doing the math on it. Yeah, you don't have as many scholarships per person, but, you know, that that 83 to 65, when you can split you up can to cut 83. Cut those up a little bit, yeah. And you can get different grants and all that. That makes a difference. You're just as deep as some of those FBS schools if you do it correctly. Now we can sprinkle in NIL. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you got a great kicker, you don't have to give him a full ride in FCS football. I mean, you can, and that I think you've seen seen that come to fruition many times when it comes to some of these, you know, FBS schools that NDSU is knocked off. I mean, that's it's a difference, and I think Coach Kramer has something to do with that. And I think UND they're doing the job; they're trying to keep up with that, right? That's right. As Tom mentioned, they're a touchdown behind beating the eventual national champions last year. They're not far off. They had some close games, and 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 so, boy, that. I, I say, what a rough start to the season for UND. Though. Oh, it's it's <laughs> insane. It's it's at Nebraska. Then you got Northern Iowa. You got to deal with you and I. By the way, is is opening up as I mentioned too. They've they're at Air Force. Uh, then you you got the trip out to Flagstaff. We'll see how I guess Northern Arizona is doing. Then you got to turn around. I think and take Missouri State. I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, to, to the aforementioned Jason That's Shelley, it. who's uh, I mean, then it, then it just gets going. I mean, you got the South Dakotas and the and the issues. It's good. I always say this. Uh, with that, I said that the, really the difference is with North Dakota State and, and really everybody else is 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 depth is yeah, depth well, that's and, just and, it. and that's it and everybody's trying to get there. NDSU has found a way to not only get there but restock that every year, and it, it makes the world a difference. Don't you think the target is on their back more than because I think Cam Miller's really good, but he's not. Yeah. You know, we talk about with Brock yeah. Jensen and Carson, yeah. and I mean he's in Trey Lance. I don't think we're talking about him getting drafted in the NFL. But he's very efficient for what they do, which in some ways can be scary. All a Steve Walker, right? Yeah. (laughs) But if you control the line, yeah, that I mean that's just it. There's just a couple games, and you know I I think uh, 
You know, you talk about co- coaching decisions. There's still folks that talk about the fourth down decision, which turned out to be a field goal, not a touchdown. Yeah. But those are the ifs. You know, those are the Scott Frost type of things that we're talking yeah, we about. We start here. talking college football. We just get jacked. Here we go. Oh, well, I'm off. getting the juices going now. I know, that right you bring now it up just because, in. because <laughs> I think this Saturday's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, oh, you right. and I both love baseball, but college football is taking yeah. over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, and it's, it's not it's, even close. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm fortunate. I get a chance to blend both. So right. that's pretty neat too. Well, fall but, baseball and and the start of football. It's you know it's yeah. got to be it's. September and October are one of the most glorious times of year for that. Let's bust a quick one here, D, and then come back and kind of set the stage for a busy week right here on 740 The Fan. For over 32 years, Dr. Philip Johnson. Talked about coaches, you know, when they're play calling, just, uh, Thinking too much about uh, how much in love you are with the play calling and then time to fake, uh, you know, an onside kick and all that. Maybe even ADs thinking too much. To your point on uh, Frank Solich, uh, my man Tommy D says, uh, yeah, 9 and 3 and 03. Uh, had a career winning percentage in Nebraska of 753. You'd take a 753 winning percentage, wouldn't you, at a, at a Big Ten? Or- well, I mean, think about it. We were celebrating, what was it, 9 and 3 and. The Gophers going to the Outback Bowl and beating I, the, the, the Citrus Bowl and beating Auburn. I mean, that was one of the best Gopher seasons in my, my, ever, and that was a failure at the University of Nebraska. I've called it the cur- curse of Frank Solich for a long time. Nebraska football, their winning percentage since Solich was fired. Want to take a shot? 561. Above 500, but that's not acceptable at Nebraska. No. Yeah, good test. I mean, you, yeah, granted, I mean, you're hovering around 80%. That's good. The problem is they demanded 95% winning percentage there. And that's, I just think this day and age of college football, you can't have that. It, it is so, so different now. Man alive. I mean, the big eight, when, when Nebraska was dominating the big eight, they had Oklahoma to worry about the day after Thanksgiving. Let's Uh face it, Colorado, you know, up until McCarty changed things there, they, they weren't much. Uh, you, you look at uh, you know Oklahoma State. Yeah, they went cheated and got Sanders and Thurman Thomas, but they weren't really anything. Kansas and Kansas State were a joke. I mean, that, that's just you know Iowa State was you know still kind of <laughs> in the wind a little bit, right? They were never really that good. I mean, we're not. I'm going to stop short of saying parody. I mean, I guess uh, because the rich always seem to get richer at the upper. Echelon. Well, we got a class of trillionaires in the, of Alabama, Clemson, right? Yeah. Ohio in, State, right? Yeah, and same thing with North Dakota State, South Dakota State, James Madison before they moved up, right? There's been both levels. There's been yeah. like, you know, this power of uh, four top teams and then everyone else trying to chase that. I always used to think that it, that it truly has got to be harder to stay on top than it is to get there, even though it's really hard to get there. So that obviously what what North Dakota State has done is is just off the charts because staying on that losing coordinators and all that, but it just shows you that once you can get there and build something right. that you can just continually try to add depth and recruit and all that, and you can you can you you got a good chance of staying on top. Yeah, I think in the day and age of college football, it's so much easier to reload than rebuild. Now, I think, now, now I think I'd go back. Yeah, and yeah, say I that. Think, because we're seeing the usual suspects way too much at the top levels of college football. Tommy Chan, Phil Helmuth, uh, who else? Uh, yeah, right. At the, at the poker yeah, table. Yeah, that's a great analogy. <laughs> right? That's a perfect analogy. <laughs>
All right, stick around. Calvin Mann is coming up around the corner uh, tonight. No Red Hawks baseball. Got Bubba Schweigert's uh, quarterback coaches show in KFGO at 5.30. The Twins and the Red Sox. We'll see if Dylan Bundy can help the Twins uh, push that win streak a little bit more tonight against the Boston Red Sox. We'll do it again tomorrow. Doc Field, Dick Bramer tomorrow. I'll be in Sioux City, Iowa this week, and then so on and so forth. He's got you handled with Brad. Uh, stick around. Common Man is next on 740 The Fans.